Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart with your Fantasy Sports Update. Bryce Harper saga continues. Lots of chatter. No action yet. The San Francisco Giants were talking short-term, but now a long-term deal may be on the table for the slugger. Harper has discussed a 10-year deal with the San Francisco Giants brass. Giants CEO Larry Bear met with Harper in Las Vegas last night. Harper would be a major upgrade from the Giants' current options at outfield that are brutal right now, but he's reportedly seeking a contract bigger than Giancarlo Stanton's of $325 million, hence no deal yet. The Dodgers, Phillies still in the mix as well. Robot umps may come to baseball one day, but not before an independent league tests them out. The Atlantic League is going to test them out in all eight bar ballparks to see if the robo-umpires will be viable. If it works, maybe for future in the MLB. Big news just breaking from the Canadian Football League. The Montreal Alouettes releasing quarterback Johnny Manziel after it was found he violated the conduct agreement, which made him eligible to play in this Canadian Football League. The league has informed all other teams that will not register a contract for Manziel should any team attempt to sign him, ending the quarterback's time north of the border. See ya, Johnny. We hardly knew you. When Menzel was with Montreal, he also spoke about maybe playing in the AAF. Eh, it could be his next stop, or he could be done. In eight games this year, 106 of 165 passing, throwed for five touchdowns, but he also threw seven picks. So Johnny Manziel done in the Canadian Football League. In the National Football League, according to Steelers GMs, hey, they're not ruling out a trade with Antonio Brown to a team in the AFC North. GM says, hey, the original list of T3, T3 teams that expressed interest for the veteran third-year-old has grown significantly. The Steelers are running out of time as Brown's $2.5 million roster bonus is due on March 17th. The Philadelphia Eagles say they will not apply the franchise tag to quarterback Nick Foles. That makes him a free agent on March 13th. There was reported mutual interest between Foles and the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier. He filled in for Carson Wentz last year, throwing for seven touchdowns and four interceptions. The Oakland Raiders have a lot of decisions before Derek Clark, but hey, their brass say he's the franchise quarterback right now. Oakland GM Mike Mayock with very high spray for Carr when he talked at the, at the scouting combine, and they said it's going to be hard for them to approve upon him. The issue car is guaranteed 19.9 in uh, salary. Despite the Raiders' horrible year, he set career highs in passing with 4,049 yards. He owned a 68.9 completion percentage as well. Oakland currently holds three first-round picks in April's draft, number four, number 24, and number 27. Giants news, they expect quarterback Eli Manning to be back for 2019. A lot of fans pissed there. And Giants GM Dave Gentleman reiterated today the team will not trade Without Odell Beckham Jr., he's not going to go anywhere. He's staying a giant. But Giants brass at the NFL Combine haven't turned down the idea of potentially drafting Kyler Murray from the University of Oklahoma. The Cincinnati Bengals say rumors about John Ross uh, stopping him around. Fake news. Ross, the 40-year-old dash holder, ninth overall pick two years ago, didn't catch a pass in his rookie season. And as we mentioned, just 210 receiving yards last year. But out of those 21 catches, seven touchdowns. Arizona Cardinals GM Steve Kime says Josh Rosen is their starting quarterback, quote-unquote, for now. Ravens free agent linebacker. Hey, he's coming back. Uh, Suggs coming back for a 17th NFL season. you got to hand it to this guy. He keeps on ticking. 
former Bengal Pac-Man Jones in more trouble, arrested at a casino in Indiana last night, and reports indicate ESPN and Fox are trying to lure Carolina veteran tight end Greg Olson into the broadcast booth. Hockey news. Zdeno Chara will not be facing discipline for a high hit on San Jose's Evander Kane last night. He caught Kane up high before both players decided to dro- drop the gloves and scrap. Kane called the uh, the hit a classic headshot, and he proceeded to tweet out a picture of three blind mice in reference to the referees in Boston. Unlike Don Cherry and Brian Burke, NHL commission, uh, uh, the commissioner says there's no problem with the Carolina Hurricanes post-windstorm surge celebration. He said it's great for the game. They're having fun, and he likes it. Every market is different. Busy night in the NBA. 11 games on tap tonight. Houston at Charlotte. Rockets 4.5, 228. Minnesota minus 4 at Atlanta. Total 236. Boston at uh, Portland at Boston. The Celtics laying 3, 226.5. Washington at Brooklyn. Nets and it's 5.5, 238. Golden State at Miami. The Warriors laying 9 on the road. 223 is your total. Chicago and Memphis. Grizz, 3-point favorites, 217. Detroit and San Antonio. Spurs struggling, minus 4, 221. Indiana at Dallas. Pacers, a small one-point favorite on the road, 215. L.A. Clippers, they take on Utah. Jazz, 9.5, 227.5. Milwaukee at Sacramento. The Bucks laying 6.5, 235 is your total. And New Orleans and the Lakers. Lakers, 5.5-point favorites, 239. Five games in the NHL tonight. We'll go over the whole board at College Basketball 2. I'm Cam Stewart with Game Renzi. Stick around, everybody. It's Red Heat and Rage coming up next. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions. Ready for Rage, the radio, Fantasy Sports, the radio network. I'm Gabriel Morenzi. Throw it down with that camp store. we got a busy show uh, today, as we always do on uh, Wednesdays. Mark Lawrence will step up and in uh, pretty uh, pretty soon. Actually, in a couple of minutes, Mark Lawrence uh, will join us. Uh, we've got uh, Lou Gamblu, uh, Dot Cobb. So Lou will step up and in and uh, join us. Got a big uh, UFC card uh, this weekend from Las Vegas. Uh, we spoke with uh, World Series uh, champion manager uh, Jim Leland this morning. On the morning after, we'll replay uh, the interview in case uh, you missed it. Uh, some uh, some strong uh, stuff uh, from from Jim Leland. But as you would expect, uh, Cam, Jim Leland's a pretty uh, pretty serious guy. Yeah, he's old school. <laughs> he's old school. He's not going to give you any secrets, or uh, you know, he'll he'll give you answers. But I don't think he's going to give you like anything, no exclusives or nothing. He seems like an old school type of guy, but a no nonsense and no BS type of guy. Well, I will say, you know. He, he he was he was engaging. Like it wasn't like he was giving one. Yeah. You know, he, he was talkative. But you know, the guy's seen it all. He's been around. Uh, he's been around forever. But uh, it's an interesting uh, interview. We talk about uh, American League uh, versus National League, and uh, what's more difficult uh, to manage. And uh, we get uh, listen. He was a manager of the year twice in the National League, and he was a manager of the year once in the American League. So yep, if you can ask anybody. Hey, what's you know what's what's the difference between managing in both leagues? Uh, he would know, and uh, he gave a very uh, detailed and uh, interesting answer, uh, actually. So yeah, Jim Leland uh, will join us. Baseball about a month away still, actually a little more than a month away uh, from the start of the uh, the regular season. Uh, but uh, baseball's been in the news, and it's funny we can talk all we want about how well you know baseball's got problems and baseball this, and no one talks about baseball, but. 
the fact is, the fact like Harper's kept baseball in the news almost like on a daily basis. <laughs> exactly. It's almost like don't sign Bryce. We, we need you. Like other other but than they're actually that, you getting know? publicity. You know, it's <laughs> a great point, man. And and there Arenado with the big contract. You know, he got yeah, emotional when talking about, it, about yeah. that. Like there's been the season's yeah. still five weeks away, and people are actually you know, every day. It's Bryce Harper. This you see, Puig that. Arenado gets money. What about Kimbrough? What about Keuchel? There's almost a method to their madness, actually. You know, it reminds, that way. you know what it reminds me of? It's like in the old days, before the BCS in college football. Like, remember, like, they used to vote. And, you know, it was all, it was chaos sometimes. Remember, you know, like, teams, there'd be split national champions, the coaches poll, the AP poll. And there used to be tie games in college football as well. Yep. And... People used to get so angry, right, and be like, how the hell, like, do you play an entire season? Like, imagine playing an entire NFL year and just voting on the best team. <laughs> Kansas City would be the champions. <laughs> It'd be great. We wouldn't lose yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, no, we hey Patriots, I want, my mo- I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, like, KC would have been the number one ranked team. You know, yes, like, thank yeah, you. Like, Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs, Boom. Chiefs. We're the champions. But instead, it'd be Excellent. like, no, no, we're voting on it. And, no, no, the Chiefs, Chiefs said, uh, you know, Chiefs and Saints are, are, are the co-champions. But college football, people talked about it. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Red Heat and the Rage, our radio, Fantasy Sports, our radio network. I'm Gideon Marazzi, uh, throwing it down with uh, Cam Stewart. And as uh, we were just talking about quickly going into the break, so yeah, Major League Baseball is in the news all the time, but it appears to be negative, but it really isn't. And, you know, the whole thing, even about the owners, yes, there's sort of a new structure going on, and there's a changing of the guard going on with how they handle business in baseball, but it's not like they're hoarding money from Bryce Harper. No, Harper's no. been offered the biggest contract in baseball history. Well, but he keeps refusing it because he doesn't like the teams that are offering it to him. So, but as as I was saying quickly, and Mark Lawrence can relate to this, he'll know. Uh, Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Always a pleasure. Uh, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing just fantastic, guys. How you doing? Always a Pretty pleasure, good, Mark. Mark. I always look forward to talking uh, to you. So, you were talking about baseball. Like, people are sort of negative. Like, oh, baseball has this problem and that problem. And, but the fact is, they're in the news every day just because of Bryce Harper. And before, because of Manny Machado, and I brought up college football. And you remember in the old days, Mark, you know, before the BCS, you'd have split co-national champions. And even previous to that, you know, one of the greatest college football games of all time ended in a tie. And teams used to go for two. And then, you know, famous Miami, Nebraska stuff. But college football, like the, the guys that ran it, the brass, so to speak, used to be asked. Like, how do you let people vote? And, like, you know, you got tie games. And... You know, and uh, co-national champions, Gabe. Co-national champions. Yeah, Washington. And, yeah, it's crazy. And <laughs> the guy responded, we got you talking about it, don't we? 
And that was the whole thing, Mark. People talked about it, and we get so mad. Notre Dame should be the champion. They should get ranked ahead of this team. And it got people talking. Even the, even the BCS, which was never really wrong. The computer actually nailed that stuff. Got people angry. It got oh, this stupid computer. It got people talking. If you notice now, it's a playoff. Eh, people don't really bitch or talk too much, and the ratings aren't even great for this playoff. It's kind of funny. Like, it's almost like people say, "Oh, they hate controversy, Mark," but people like controversy. That's a, it's controversy is actually almost good for business. Well, it's good for sports business. It's good for the bar business. It's good for anybody that follows sports, because we all have an opinion on the sport, and whether it's right or whether it's wrong. You know, you really like to discuss it and talk about it. And, uh, you know, like the guy said, uh, you're talking about it, aren't you? And that's exactly the business that we're in. Yeah, and eventually they'll start uh, playing baseball and uh, people will start watching uh, yes. baseball. So uh, the, AAF, um, the AAF has had some issues off the field. Uh, we're three weeks in. Uh, but, um, you know, the books are taking bets on it, uh, Mark. And I know you're doing uh, very well uh, jumping into this. We should note, guys. Basically, the home teams have been dominant in this league. Uh, doesn't mean they cover double digits. I think uh, Birmingham's been the only double-digit favorite to cover this year, essentially. Like, you know, the the couple of times the teams have laid a boatload of points, it's hard to cover the big numbers, guys, when you're forced to go for two all the time. Like, you don't get it, and suddenly it's not like 7-7-7, seven, 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 guys. Like you got six, and then let's say you miss again. You've only got 12 points. You know, you're laying 15 and a half. Like, I laid the points with Orlando last week, stupidly, and they just couldn't pull away. You know, they'd miss the two, and then, uh, you know, the other team would get a field goal, and Memphis get a field goal, and we missed the two. <laughs> you know, the math yeah. wasn't adding up. I've noticed that. It's tricky laying points in this league. But another thing, guys, is the unders. Nine and three, Mark, to the, uh, to the unders so far through three weeks. Yeah, not so surprising, the unders being what they are uh, to start the football season here. And what we're not seeing is a lot of uh, yardage in these football games. So they go sort of hand-in-hand, if you will. They correlate. Uh, And when they do score points, as you mentioned, there are no extra points. They're trying for two. They're missing. So they're six points instead of seven. And we're seeing more missed conversions, obviously, than we do the makes of two-point conversions. So everything is all adding toward these low-scoring football games that we're seeing. So, you know, whether it's a a better defense that we're seeing from these teams right now, maybe because the offenses still aren't quite there. The bottom line here, though, is is that uh, it appears to be a two-team race between Orlando and Birmingham, the two undefeated teams. But my goodness, when you put them under the microscope here, this Birmingham team could be the biggest fraud in the AAF so far. Yeah, they're lucky to be uh, 3-0. You're right. They keep on dodging bullets and playing playing against bad teams as well. And Gabe, great point, guys. When I look at the league, remember the Arizona hot shots? They looked fantastic the first week, and then the books overreacted, Mark. You know from years in your database, Gabe, you've gambling, all of us have done it for a long time. The NFL doesn't have overinflations like that. And because it's smaller, lines are really being pumped up. Like the hot shots went up to 14 and a half that game. It didn't cover. You guys noticed the discrepancy and the craziness of the line movement in this league, too. And you sometimes you find off, uh, offers line value, right, Mark? Like there's a lot of overreactions so far in the new league yeah the new league is is really the epitome of uh the classic mistake that people make when watching a game and betting betting them the next game they remember what they saw last and because they saw what, what they saw last what looked impressive you know they're going to end up unloading on that team or, or they're, they're going to end up betting against the opponent that they built 
they beat or they drilled. And that's the big mistake people make. Uh, and the bottom line is when you get you drill down into these numbers here, and you'll see the number of these bad teams aren't nearly as bad as the record indicates, nor are the uh, or are the stats for the the good football winning teams that good either. Here we're talking about Birmingham, a football team that's three and zero, but they're being out yarded. Uh, more more yards than they're than they're gaining in their football games on the season here this year. Birmingham's three wins have come against teams that are one and eight combined in this league here this year, and they're going to be going out and laying points this week to San Antonio, who starts out at one and two, but their opponents are seven and two in the season here. So, you know, it's all about putting things on scales here and weighing them out, uh, and maybe just. Don't even look at the point spread. Just look at what these teams are. Put tape over the names of these teams and then make your own line from what it is you see in these numbers here. And I think that will end up being a much, much better guide for handicapping these games. I think uh, the Atlanta Legends should be sued for calling their team Legends. They're the worst football team in North America. <laughs> the God of the Legends. <laughs> no, they're terrible. Like they're they really bad. bad. <laughs> no, like they like they're they're bad. I watch them. Like they're their coaches keep quitting every day. Like it's 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 complete. Like they're they're a train wreck. This team, um, I you know Arizona. Arizona is going to be a big double digit favorite in this game, though. We'll see if Zoni gets back on track. It's interesting. You're right. Birmingham's due for a loss. They're they're not a good uh, team. They just you know they have a decent defense actually. They have, and you know one thing I noticed about this league too. That's another um, another thing that helps the unders is, is the wide receivers aren't great in this league. There's a few guys, like the Charles Johnson guys lighting it up. But for the most part, there's a lot of drop passes. You know, and, you know, that's why these guys are in the Alliance League instead of the CFL and slash the NFL even. But drop passes. Like, you know, you, even in the CFL, Mark, um, and you know this, Cam, like, these guys make wicked catches. They do. Like, there's balls, like they don't catches. hit the ground. Like, they, you know, for the sure. CFL guys is, ah, eh, they run a 4-5 instead of a 4-4. Four, four. You know what I mean? Or they smoke too much weed at Tessie. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just like the CFL wide receivers are really good. You they know are, what I mean? And you see in the AF, it's like, dude, you got to catch that, bro. Like, it's an eight-yard out. Like, come on, man. Like, it's it, it, and even the announcers say, oh, too many drops in this league. And, 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 you know, they're supposed to be really, really positive about it. But, uh, Mark, so the database is building up right now, and uh, you've got an AF newsletter. You've been keeping track of this and crushing it this year. Yeah, we have. You know, we've taken uh, we do write ups on each of the games every week, and we've uh, won on six of the eight sides we've had. And we feature we, we do a feature game every week, and that's cashed both times in our first two issues as well. And I'm going to go back to what you alluded to about the wide receivers here, Gabe. And I was watching the uh, uh, last week the Atlanta football game, and it was just pathetic watching their wide receivers try and catch a pass. It was, it was just unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> you know, they pounded Birmingham in the yards Atlanta did last week. They were down uh, yeah. inside the 10-yard line three or four times. They got away with only three points because the wide receivers couldn't hang on to the footballs. Now, Matt Sims, uh, he throws laser darts. So he has no touch on the ball at all. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, so, so I can true. understand a little combination of the two. You know, wide receivers, they're going to get their hands sawed off trying to catch one of his passes. But the bottom line here is the coach needs to make an adjustment here, and I think we're going to have seen Aaron Murray at quarterback for Atlanta sometime real soon here. It's a good yeah, Mark Lawrence. Playbook. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, uh, we'll talk some college uh, basketball, a little NBA as well. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Radio, Radio Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Unaware, Johnny Mantell. Well, some of you probably don't even know Johnny Mantell was on the Montreal Alouettes. That's right. You're like, what? He was in the Canadian League? No <laughs> dude about it. Who, Johnny? <laughs> so, yeah, there's news today, Mark, just from a couple of hours ago. My Montreal Alouettes, too. That's my team. Um, John, John, Johnny Mantell um, has been released uh, from the Montreal Alouettes, Mark, but it can't be good because it wasn't just the football thing. He's banned from the CFL. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, oh. so thing is, like, remember he was suspended from the NFL, right? And, yeah, he's never reinstated because he was out of the league, right? But he was done. So the CFL used to sign, like, it didn't matter. Like, Ricky Williams, yeah. hey, sign the Toronto Argonauts. Andre Ryzen, hey, no problem. You know what I mean? Like, the CFL used to not care um, about, like, the NFL being upset. Or they would sign a player that was suspended from the NFL or, you know, a little controversial. But they got all, like... Um, they got all ethical in the CFL. And for some reason, you know, they, they oh, if you're suspended there, we're not going to sign. So Manziel basically had to jump through hoops and, you know, promise not to do this and not to do that. And I guess he violated whatever the terms of the condition were because not only have the Alouettes released him, but the it's CFL the told league. all the teams that, yeah, you can't sign this guy. Like, we won't, uh, we won't honor the contract. He's, he's not allowed to play in the CFL anymore. And- and he talked about so. the AFL, Gabe. And the thing is, remember the XFL? What was their big thing? Clean bill. They want guys like you can't have like minor stuff. So they they'll they, and they're either he they don't even want him to begin with. So it's going to well, be yeah, no criminal him. records. Like, yeah, you can't have like any type is, of problem. He's not good enough to play. I agree the with XFL. that. And I agree with that too. So he's probably done. Like they're going to be paying quarterbacks two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to play in the XFL. The caliber of quarterback you'll get for 250 a year will be better than Johnny Mann. The guy couldn't win a job in a CFL, guys. I know. He's got no arm. Like, he can't, he can't swing it across is, the field. Yeah, and he's not fast. Like, you know, he was a decent college quarterback playing in a system. He had a nice little run. He's not a professional quarterback. And, it, you know, forget about his personal stuff. And, you know, he's a good kid, actually. And I, I think it's probably just something stupid where he smoked weed or drank. I don't know the details. But, anyways, um, he, he was on the bench in the CFL, guys. Like, he couldn't, when he played, it was a train wreck. Like, the Alouettes were better with, like, other third-stringer guys. Yeah. Like, that Pipkin. Pipkin kid was good, yeah, Pipkin, actually. Yep, yep. Yeah, was. What school did he play with, Pipkin? Uh, school? We looked at the mascot. It was like the UAB Blaze. It was like some, oh, yeah. Like <laughs> South Carolina <laughs> State or something like that. He's yeah, actually not even bad. Smaller, though, like, even smaller. Even smaller than uh, that. Anyway, so we're with Mark Lawrence. <laughs> um, yeah. Check out Mark Lawrence's playbook.com. Get on the mailing list uh, for the uh, the uh, Alliance League. As Mark stated, 6-2 and two, uh, last last two weeks. So let's take a look at tonight's uh, college basketball board with March Madness uh, around the corner uh, right now. One team that doesn't look like they're going to be in a tournament this year again 
is going to be the Texas Longhorns, Mark, and Shaka Smart. They expect it. It's almost like Harbaugh going to Michigan, except Harbaugh's even, you know, like been more successful. But, you know, Smart was that trendy guy coming out of VCU. Seemed like a perfect hire at Texas. And it's just not working out. They're not winning games. And forget about being on the bubble. Like, they'd have to win. They'd almost have to win out. Like, they're not getting into the tournament. They're going in to take uh, take on Baylor tonight, uh, Mark. Yeah, they're a 12-loss uh, basketball team and doubtful to make the NCAA tournament, like you say, unless they went on this uh, unprecedented run, which I don't think they're capable of doing inside this conference, especially it's a pretty strong Big 12 conference here. Kansas State, Texas Tech, Kansas, uh, all really rock-solid teams. Iowa State, a potential spoiler. I just don't think Texas fits the bill and will likely end up being in the NIT or one of those other acronym-type conference tournaments that uh, come postseason, but they do not have the making of the look of an NCAA basketball team. And uh, Mark's database, uh, the uh, Baylor Bears 11-1 straight up, 8-0-1 against the spread at home with three or more days uh, rest, 4-1 against the spread at home with same season uh, revenge of 12 or more points, Longhorns just 3-8 and eight straight up and against the spread. Um, in this series against uh, Baylor. It looks like a good spot for Baylor uh, tonight, Cam. Yeah, I, I was actually I, I was actually looking at the points there in that game. You said it, Gabe. Texas have been good to me because, you know, we've been fading them. They still have that kind of reputation as a team. Yeah, and Mark, great point by you. The Iowa State Cyclones, like, I love this team. I, I think they're absolutely, you know, they don't get talked about nearly enough. Love what you said in the database, too, Mark. Great uh, note you have. This game's not really on the radar, for, but for people at our network, we bet on everything. A lot of our guys bet on Lipscomb games. So, George Mason, uh, when you were in the looking at the coffee club there, great, great statistics for them tonight uh, versus Richmond, Mark. A uh, lot of revenge angles, good stuff, great uh, way to break it down. But uh, you said the Mason jar, the George Mason Patriots could be on the card tonight. Yeah, the Mason Jar, I think they'll be uh, screwing that lid off tonight and going all out in this game here. They're coming off of upset loss their last game. Richmond just pulled an upset in their last game, and they took Mason out earlier in the season here. And what you've got here, guys, is a winning team playing with all this against a losing team. Mason the winner, Richmond the loser, and uh, this is Mason that brought five starters back from last year's team. I think this is an ideal game for the Patriots here tonight. Uh, Mark Lawrence, playbook.com uh, uh, with us. Um, you know, interesting time of the year right now in college basketball and in the NBA as well. You know, the tournament around the corner. I always find it it's, it's interesting, you know, with what they expect from these kids, actually. You know, go hard every couple of nights on TV on ESPN. Then we're going to go through this crazy conference tournament that doesn't really mean anything, but but it totally does, but it doesn't. And it's one of these, like, hectic type of deals. And then, oh, yeah, four days later, you're in a tournament that really matters. So some teams, you know, like like a team like Duke, you know, they're, you know, last night, a good call from people that had the balls to take Virginia Tech. You know, Coach Krzyzewski's not panicked about losing to Duke last night. He's thinking, all right, where are we going to be three weeks from now, four weeks from now? You know what I mean? Like, he's thinking, how do I get through this? How do I make this kid better right now so he can win for me in the tournament in the next three weeks? You know, Mark, you've been around a long time. This is where, where, like, coaches will start sort of coaching a bit, actually, and thinking ahead. Some coaches don't even mind getting bounced early in their conference tournament. Some coaches hate their conference tournaments, right? They're like, screw this. I don't want to play on Saturday and Sunday. 
And then, right, you know, the selection Sunday right after, and your players are all sweaty there, tired, and you're playing four days later. Some coaches like getting bounced early. It's it's very tricky time of the year to bet college basketball now, I find. Well, and some coaches also don't mind getting bounced late in the regular season games as well, uh, just to kind of get the attention of their basketball team, to get them a little bit maybe more razor-focused for those conference tournament games. Uh, and what you mentioned about Duke losing last night, I think that was the perfect example last night of one of the handicapping uh, theories that we like to use, and it applies in all sports, of, of when a star athlete goes out and the yeah. team rallies around him. They, Duke did just that when Williamson went down. The first game, and, right? Yeah. The first game. The second game, though, is always a different tale. It's a different story. I know. And, which Duke saw last night when they went into Virginia Tech and laid points on the road without Williamson. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It happened with the NBA, too. Remember when uh, when Davis sat down, Pelicans went out and won that game, right? Outright type thing. His dogs, yeah. then they covered the next night, you know, but they got lucky. They covered by like half a point the next game. And then reality kicks in and they start getting killed, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, you're right, Mark. You see it. You see it time and time and time and time again, except one team. And uh, in the coffee club today, I know there's some numbers here we'll get to. One team, the Houston Rockets. This one, they're, they're one of the most difficult teams in any sport, in any league for me to figure out. Like they, if not the most difficult. You know, hey, you know, they're playing Golden State. They don't have Harden. They'll win the game outright. You know what I mean? Like they have Harden. They'll blow a 19-point lead to, uh, to, to Orlando or something. Like they really are schizophrenic, this team. Like they're, they're all over the place, the Houston Rockets. They are, and I don't think what went on with James Harden helps this basketball team at all either to bring them together on the same page. Uh, they're the type of team that when you expect them to win, they don't, and when you expect them to lose, yeah. uh, they don't. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they piss me off, that team. I'm just glad I have a full head of hair because if I didn't, you know, I'd be bald looking at them right now. <laughs> oh, no, they've killed me. I've lost my hair because of that. Them and the Orlando Magic who just screwed us. Absolutely screwed us. But uh, looking at some numbers from the database today, the uh, Houston Rockets 0-6 uh, as road favorites against non-conference opponents. Uh, 0-6, that's an ugly number right there. Uh, the Atlanta the Atlanta Hawks, and I tell you what, you know, we, we all said, oh, you got to take Luka Doncic and uh, Trey Young this, Trey Young that. And, yeah, Luka Doncic has been amazing. But Trey Young's played really well. I mean, Trey Young's putting some nice sure numbers has. up, and he looks like a real player as well. And I got to tell you, even without looking at the uh, the database here, Mark, and seeing that the Atlanta Hawks are six and one against the spread at home against uh, Northwest Division uh, opponents, there's no way in hell I trust the Minnesota Timberwolves laying five points on the road against anybody. Like I wouldn't trust them laying five against the Washington Generals. No, it looks to me like the wrong team may be favored in this basketball game, and it's a perfect setup. For the Hawks, they're coming off an eight-point loss, and Minnesota off a win here. This is the kind of games where you see these upsets. Don't be surprised if it happens with Atlanta tonight. Yeah. I, 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 you, great point, Gabe. Like, I, I look at Young. This guy is just, like, he's starting to feel it and getting more confident. The, the Atlanta Hawks are one of those teams not good. They, they're covering numbers. That's the thing about them. doesn't matter how good. They're getting better and better all the time, and those young players are getting more confident. I, li- I, I like them. They're going to be a play-on team for me. Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, an interesting team uh, as well. They've been on a nice run. Fun team to watch, Mark, the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, laying, laying five and a half tonight. Yeah, Washington just three and seven straight up in their last ten games. But 
Brooklyn generally play pretty close games. I don't I don't really love laying points with the Brooklyn Nets. One of the surprise teams under the radar surprise teams in the NBA this year, the Nets, not a lot was expected from them. But the people that have been backing them have really enjoyed doing that because they're cashing tickets. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com, best newsletter in the business. Got you covered, NBA, AAF, uh, college, uh, basketball. Get the, uh, the Bahamut Club as well. Go to playbook.com for all the information or on your mobile device. Mark, always a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, my, you guys enjoy the games. Be well. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Yank's not playing around with the music this week. Like it. Game time decisions. Ready to break radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm David Brancy. Going down with uh, Cam Stewart. Lou from Gamblue.com will step up and then join us uh, in a 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk uh, UFC. Some interesting fights uh, this week uh, on uh, on the ticket in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. Uh, but we were talking earlier about a little uh, Major League Baseball rule changes. Uh, me and Cam will hit this uh, the uh, robot ups after the fact. And uh, a little bit later on the show, we'll get Cam's take on, uh, on the robots that uh, no doubt will uh, one day rule our world. Correct. Uh, but uh, that's the future world. Let's kick it old school with a uh, three-time manager of the year, a World Series champion, and uh, an all-around badass uh, Major League uh, Baseball uh, manager, Jim Leland. Morning after Fantasy Sports Radio, Television Network, Sports Byline. Shout out to all our affiliates, wherever you're tuning in, uh, television uh, partners, affiliates as well, online, uh, Roku, Pluto, uh, Mars, and uh, everything else uh, in between. I am uh, Gabriel Moretzi. Uh, I'm Gabriel Moretzi at Midtown Manhattan, Studio 34. Joe Ranieri is in Miami, uh, Florida. And uh, I'm very, very excited to welcome in a man right now. I'm stoked uh, when we found out uh, he's joining us on the show, one of my all-time favorite managers. A three-time manager of the year, a World Series champion, a a gold medalist champion in the WBC, another event I'm a massive fan of. Jim Leland steps up in it and joins us. Uh, Skip, thanks a lot for joining us this morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Hey, good stuff. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate uh, your time. I'm Gabriel Morenci. We're in New York. And uh, Joe Ranieri's in Florida, the other voice that you were here, but... We're talking about the potential rule changes um, that are put on the table, and I see they just announced this morning they're going to push back the the pitch clock. Um, you know, the talk of the pitch clock for a couple of years. Max Scherzer said, "This is one thing I just can't stand for." Um, I know a lot of people think of you as like, ah, oh, you know, the old hard ass Jim Leland's going to hate everything, but I know you want to grow the game. You want the game. Uh, to be the best uh, sport possible. So, out of all the rule changes that are sort of proposed, which ones did you like the most, and which ones did you dislike the most, uh, Skip? Well, I think when you have something that's been, you know, in effect for so many years, anytime you have a change, people are going to react to it. 
But it's normally they only react temporarily. Once they get used to it, like when's the last time you heard them talking about the mountain business last year? Yeah. They talked about it right off the bat. People didn't like it, but you don't hear that at all anymore. I think there's a lot of changes that, that could be made in the future that, you know, it'll be something that's a hot topic for a couple of weeks. <clears throat> I think the players and everybody else will get used to it, and I think that they forget all about it. So I don't think it's as dramatic as a lot of people are, are making it out to be. You managed in, in a WBC, and in a WBC they play with the format where if it goes to extra innings, they put the runner on first. Yeah, what what did you think of that? Like, you know, you look like you said, you look at football, you know, there used to be ties. Now there's overtime, right? Sports change, uh, sports evolve, rules evolve. But how did you feel about that, like the World Baseball Classic rules, that format? We like that rule. Uh, I think you should play the game out. I don't I don't really like the rule where they, they do it in the minor leagues for uh, protection of their pitchers and everything and time frame, but. I'm really not crazy about that one particularly. I think uh, I think that what that one would be good for would be like the All-Star game. Yeah. Uh, in other words, if you're playing an All-Star game where you're worried about using somebody's pitchers, you're, you're the manager of the All-Star game, you got somebody else's pitchers, obviously. You know, you don't want to take a chance. You don't want to get caught short, caught shorthand. You don't want to be embarrassed. So I think for an All-Star game, I think it's a great idea. Regular season, I don't particularly like that one. Hey, Coach, uh, Joe Ranieri here. I got to ask you, uh, obviously, over the last couple of years, one of the newest trends in baseball, not just with the players, but it's the managers. Their teams and organizations are hiring inexperienced managers. They're cheaper. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they're a lot more uh, adhering to analytics in today's game. But have, how have you found the manager position in Major League Baseball changed recently? And is that a good thing? Well, I think it just depends on each individual club, you know, the way they think is the best way to go. I think that, you know, you're talking about guys that inexperienced managers, for instance, when Brad Osmus followed me here in Detroit. No, he didn't really have much managing experience, but he played 18, 19 years in the big leagues. So, you know, Aaron Boone played a long, a lot of time in the big leagues. So Alex Cora, a big league player for a long time. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's such a shock. I think that, I think one thing they all find out is that, you know, they're better the second time around. I mean, you know, their second year than they were the first year because they've seen some things. You know, when you've never managed, you're probably going to see some things that first time that you've really never seen before because you're in a different position now. But I, I don't have any problem with that at all. I think, uh, you know, clubs got to do whatever they think gives them the best chance to win. they got to pick the guy that they think is the right guy for their particular team, and that's what it appears they're doing. Who was um, – I wanted to ask you, Jim, who was the – where did you like you learn the game of baseball? I know, like you know, uh, you're, you were close with Tony Larusa. Like you know, if somebody asked you, you know, where did you learn your f- philosophy of managing? Was it a little bit of you know guys you picked up along over the years in the minors as well? But well, you know, who taught you the game, or you know, who did you model yourself after when you were a younger manager, Jim? Well, you no, know, I just tried to listen to everybody. Uh, you know, I tried to take. Uh, you know, I listen to the veteran managers, minor leagues. I spent a lot of time in minor leagues, so that's where I got most of my experience. So, and it was wonderful. It was something that was good for me. And you know, I, I still think it's good. Anytime you can get experience, obviously you're going to probably be a little bit more prepared when you get there. But you know, what I did was I listened to all the baseball guys that I was around, and I didn't say much. And I kind of, I kind of took what I liked and I put it into my own personality. And I took what I didn't like, and I discarded it. So, 
you know, you listen and you learn, and then you experience it actually in the minor leagues. You know, managing that long, uh, you see a lot of things happen. So you're probably a little bit more prepared than somebody that's never managed when you get there. Uh, Jim, I got to ask you, uh, you know, it's, it's an honor to, to be able to ask someone that's, you know, a three-time manager of the year and both in the American uh, and International League. And I'm one of these dudes. I grew up in Montreal. So I grew up and, you know, with your, your Pirates at the time and, and, and National League baseball. And, you know, I've always been a National League guy. I prefer the rules, I think. And I've always said you got to manage it. And it's, it's, you know, it's National League. It's, there's more. It's not just softball in the American League. So I'm going to give it to you, one of the best in the business. Which, do you, you know, what do you think of the potential of the DH? Uh, being implemented, it looks like it's going to happen eventually in the National League. And which one did you prefer managing? What are the biggest differences? And did you have a preference? Do you prefer National League or American League ball? Well, I'm probably going to surprise you. I hope I don't make you mad, but I'm probably going to surprise you because, see, I think it's tougher to manage in the American League. Really? Most everybody hmm. thinks it's tougher to manage. Yeah, most everybody thinks it's tougher to manage in the National League. But I'll tell you what I I'll tell you what my point is. A lot of managers handling your pitching staff. That's the bulk of your managing and knowing how to run a pitching staff. And in the American League, you have to be exactly precise when you get your pitcher out of there. In the National League, if you get behind in a game, you can have your best pitcher. You can have the best pitcher in the league pitching for you. But you get to fourth, fifth inning and you're down three or four runs, you get in a situation where you got a pinch hit. So your decision is made for you. And that makes that easier to me because you you have no choice. But in the, in the American League, you have to be precise exactly when you go get your pitcher. He might give up a couple of runs in the first inning and go on, settle down and pitch a heck of a game. And he might go eight, nine innings. But in the, in the National League, if you get behind, your decision's made for you. you got to pinch hit. So I think from that standpoint, I do agree with you that there's more to do in the National League. It's probably more fun because you're double switching, you're making more moves. But as far as the difficulty of it, I think it's harder to manage in the American League. Wow. There it is, Joe, coming coming from a man that would know, right? Yeah, you're damn right he would know. And, Coach, I was I was hoping maybe you could uh, give us your experience. Bruce Bochy, of course, announced that he's going to hang him up here. And uh, I don't know if you've, you've obviously known Bruce a very, very long time. What can you tell us and the listeners about the uh, the kind of manager and the kind of guy that he has over the years? Well, he was he was one of those guys that, Got the players' respect. He's a great manager. He goes about his business. He doesn't get too excited. Uh, not a lot of fanfare. You know, he's kind of, uh, you know, like an old shoe. He's kind of real comfortable. You know what I mean? And he's real comfortable <laughs> to play for. Handles the players very well. Great strategist. One of the great managers in the game, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, he, he, I saw, I read his quote, and it was kind of funny to me because I said when I retired in 2013 from managing, I said, you know, when it's time, it's time. And that's exactly what he said the other day when I listened to his conference. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's been a great manager. I think, to be honest with you, I think him and Brian Sabian have been one of the best manager-general manager combinations in baseball. There's no question about that. They've done a fantastic job. So uh, we'll miss him, but he's ready to move on and, you know, open up another chapter in his life, and, and we wish him the best. And on yep. a lighter note, too, guys, uh, I believe Bruce Bochy has the he the largest head in Major League Baseball history. Largest hat size. <laughs> yes. Hey, they're all specially made. Yeah, he's, 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 got a, he's got a lot in there, too. Yeah, he's got a lot <laughs> in there, too. Uh, Jim Leyland uh, with us.
Um, before we get you out of here, what do you make, like, speaking of difficulty for, for managing, it seems like teams, we saw Tampa Bay do this with success, and then we saw Milwaukee do it in the playoffs, in which you're throwing out a relievers, basically. You're going through seven, eight pitchers in a game, and you're, you're switching, you know, you're taking your pitchers out every inning. I'm just thinking, that's almost like being at a blackjack table, and Man, it's a lot of decisions you have to make, Skip, and eventually, you know, you could get burned. What do you is this a trend that we're gonna see because of cost and because of the, the approach, or is this sort of a, a quick fad that'll pass over, do you think? I don't think that will take a I don't think it'll last real long myself. There might be some guys that do it on occasion, but you know, everybody talks about the bullpen in today's game. Let me tell you something. Your best bullpen is a six and two thirds seven inning starter. That's your best bullpen. <laughs> and if you don't have good if you don't have good starting pitchers, you're not going anywhere. You know, look at the Chargers. They get paid. These, these these pitchers get paid. I mean, they're starting pitchers. Justin Verlander. They're outstanding pitchers. They take their team deep into the game. You know, a five inning pitcher that might be all right for a fifth starter, but for for good starting pitchers. That's your best bullpen because you can rest your bullpen. And when you're using your bullpen because you want to and not because you have to, then you're in a good situation. And the way to use it because you want to is when you get six and two-thirds, six and a third, seven, once in a while, eight innings out of your starter. This is a long season, and you need to protect that bullpen. And I just uh, – I'm a big believer in starting pitching. That's where it all starts to me. And uh, if you got if you got outstanding starters and a good closer, you got a chance to win. Uh, Jim, it's been an honor to have you on the show. We'd love to do it again. Thanks a lot uh, for taking the time to be with us. No problem. You got it. Thank you. There's uh, Jim Leland with us. Really enjoyed that, uh, Joe. It's great uh, talking to some of the the great managers. I miss it. Like I said, I used to cover the Expos and uh, speak to these guys uh, pretty much every day. Love talking baseball with with guys that has been there. I mean, I think people realize, too, he started managing – he started managing like in the seventies in the mm. minor leagues. Like this guy is the definition of paying your dues, and you know what the minors like. He was there a long freaking time, dude, before he he got right. hired by Larusa to be like a bench coach with him, like in the White Sox in the early eighties. Yeah, that's why guys like Bochi. I mean, that's a uh, that's the end of an era. I mean, once Bruce Bochi goes and and retires, this is it. That guys like Leland Bochi, they, you know, you're going to be dealing with guys like Gabe Kapler in Philadelphia, who Bryce Harper doesn't want to play for. Forty three year old guys, like he said, is you know played twelve years in a league, never managed, never had to manage people, uh, and of course, you know, sits there and picks up the phone and puts the lineup out that the general manager sends down. So it's it's a different era moving. forward forward with baseball and how they manage these players morning after continues fantasy sports radio network From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
Too bad you're not here uh, tomorrow night, uh, Cam. People are getting pretty fired up, man, about uh, the return of John Tavares. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I wish I, I don't. Honestly, I, I'd love to be they there. Hate That'd him. be great. Oh, yeah, no. People on Long Island want to, like, yeah, no, burn them. I, I, I know. Like, I, I, there were stories going out, like, before, like, earlier on in the week. They were interviewing people, like, at Long Island, at the Islanders' practice, like, people yeah, in the parking lot. I want to, yeah, I want to punch theirs in the face. Yeah, traitor. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Like, I love it. And that's a weird thing. Like, as a fan, I still have always had a soft spot for my for the Islanders, for the league, the way they treated them. That's what we talked about with Kurtz. These guys, yeah, yeah but you're your they, team. Yeah, I know, I know, but he's not my favorite Leaf. I, I like Tavares, but I, I know I know is a, a guy that I know really, really well. A very good friend of mine played lacrosse with him. Like, my buddy was a, almost a pro lacrosse player. He probably could have played in the league, but he had a wife and other things, you know, other businesses. So, you know, I, he knows that Tavares, he, Tavares is a pretty serious guy. Like He's, he's so one of those guys. He can be a lacrosse he, legend, right? Yes, yes, exactly. My uh, my friend played with him, and John was very good, too. Thing is, uh, my buddy Slim used to tell me a lot of the time, like, sometimes Tavares, like, he, he, he could be, like, he could rub you the wrong way a lot of the time. Like, even at reunions, well, you know. Just, he's, he's a superstar he's kinda, athlete. What do you yeah, expect? You know, <laughs> is, yeah, well, yeah, I don't no, expect I, you to I be see. friendly. <laughs> you know, in a perfect world. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but I don't fully he, he, don't. The, the Islanders are going to be really angry that game. Like, I know everyone's thinking, oh, trap game or whatever for the Leafs. Like, the Leafs might beat Edmonton where the game I'm going to tonight but the Islanders are going to bring their A game that night it's going to get real ugly I think which oh, I the Islanders will beat the Leafs tomorrow I think I think they will too I think they yeah, will they, too they'll show up beat I'm going to get George Kurtz on the morning show tomorrow to talk about uh, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, early rage with George Kurtz <laughs> yes. yeah yeah and uh, Alex uh, Alex is Steeler fan the, uh, the chief of staff uh, I didn't realize he's a he's into the Islanders as well and he's so into it, actually. Him and his buddies are going tomorrow at like 11 or 12 to basically yell at Tavares as they roll in for the morning skate. Like, awesome. in the parking lot, they're going to be waiting for him. Like, there's going to be like, yeah, like, like New Yorkers are waiting for Tavares to show up at the arena tomorrow morning. Like, they're not job. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back to live updates, fellas. Thank you very much, Yang. I'm Cam Stewart, their fantasy sports radio update. They said never touch Adrian Beltre on his head, and Russell Westbrook doesn't like to be touched either. Westbrook says grabby fans with fast hands have too much leeway in the NBA after being touched last night by a kid in Denver. Westbrook's guy, like, thought you'd like this one game. Westbrook scolded the adult that he was with. He said, hey, your kid hit me. So I told his dad, be careful. Westbrook asking the NBA to set up some type of rule or boundaries. He says they can't allow this stuff to happen. And you know this isn't a one-time incident game. Remember back in the day when the, they got eliminated by the Utah Jazz, he took a swipe at a man's cell phone while walking off the floor. Yeah, Not yeah, his yeah, fault, yeah, yeah. but uh, he's sick and no, tired no, no, of the no, fans no, no. touching him. Touching him. That was his fault. Like, uh, that's the whole thing. And I like Westbrook, but, and he's right. People shouldn't be touching the players. I've never touched a player, even though I've sat, yep. like, close, etc. But can't touch the thing is, he also shouldn't be slapping cell phones out of fans' hands. <laughs> like, that's true. That kid touched him last night, though. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, just, you should touch players. Like, there's gonna no consequences for it. Like, that's the thing. Well, like, players are going to snap if you start touching them. 
Anyway, we'll, we'll uh, talk more about this issue. Bryce Harper, uh, we talked about the Giants being in the mix. Originally a short-term offer, now they're saying long-term. Yeah, they should have actually. Me, uh, yeah. yeah, you got me right on this. You're right. You should have. Yeah, rest. you can't touch. You no offense. I don't like. I like Russell Westbrook, great player, but yeah, or at least kick him out. Touch him. So it's you or exactly. me. You were like, like reached in and touched Buddy. Westbrook to be like, oh, you're out of here. You're under arrest. Like, Gabe, I said Billy Koch is a piece of shit, and they kicked me out of uh, the Sky Dome. So like, what's that? I didn't touch the guy. Oh, you're being mean to Billy Koch. Yeah, I said Billy Koch. You cost me your money. I think you suck as a closer. He was with the White Sox, and he and then the security goes, get him out of here. Anyway, I got Billy a Koch yellow card. Suck. <laughs> I got a yellow card. Uh, I got a yellow card once in a Raptor game. With Ooh, yellow card. Yellow card. Yellow yeah, they, card. They used to have like a yellow card, red card system, so you get like the yellow card warning. Yeah. They don't actually give you a card, but it's like it's called the yellow card, red card. So that's awesome. They came over. They were like, "Sir, you've been given a yellow card." And, <laughs> and really, I wasn't that bad. Like I wasn't like raving drunk. I was, but. It was when we were on the score, me and Garner were literally courtside. Like, we were literally, like, in the front nice. row. And, nice. and uh, I, I was mouthing off to the ref. I told the ref he blew, blew a couple of times. But yeah, I, didn't, yeah, like, I didn't say effing. Yeah, I was like, yeah. remember, though, in the old days, like, the Toronto used to be more uptight? Like, remember the old days at Leaf games, man? Like, it was, like, <laughs> quiet in there. My buddy got kicked out of a ball game for going, you remember Jonathan Papelbon? Papelblow. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you can't even have fun <laughs> in this game. Yeah, like, what? Oh, ooh, that's I've offensive. Seen, right. I've seen <laughs> people get tossed out of Blue Jay games <laughs> for, for nothing. Chanting. Yeah, yeah for you're right. Security and they ruffle you up too. Like they, oh yeah, they, they don't, don't trust me. They don't. They don't screw around. Like they send the cops in, so like yeah. the security doesn't even do anything. They just sort of say that guy, and then you'll see the yeah. cops like ripping people up. Dude, remember when the Buffalo Bills played <laughs> in Toronto? I've never seen so many arrests in a football game. It was just like people getting dragged out left and right. Yeah, they, they, you're right. They rough you up, too, Marenzi. But anyway, yeah, we talked about Bryce Harper there. Uh, no deal yet, Gabe. I'm getting sick and tired of this. The Giants apparently back in the mix. But Harper, uh, he wants a contract bigger than, yeah, it boycott. Giancarlo Stanton, $325 million. Harper wants more. Hey, I, I'm with you. I think the Dodgers' four-year deal, that's the best option for him. He obviously doesn't look like he wants to go to Philly, but we'll see what happens there. We talked about robot umps maybe coming to baseball one day, but the independent league, uh, they're going to test them out first. The Atlantic League says these robots are going to be in all uh, eight ballparks, and we'll see how the robot umps do before they go to MLB. And we talked about this one, Gabe, Johnny Manziel, the era in the Canadian Football League toast. It doesn't matter, though. As you know, his family are oil tycoons, but uh, the CFL's directed the Alouettes to release Manziel after he was found violating the conduct agreement, which he made him eligible to play in the league in the first place. The league also informed all other teams it will not register a contract to them. So basically what I'm saying is it's over. Johnny Manziel and the CFL is done. We'll see what happens there. Maybe the AAF, I doubt that too. And you talked about the XFL not good enough too much money there so he might be done for football Napoleon's a serious dude do you think they want this mess of Johnny Manziel like no he's he's obviously messed up like he's got personal issues forget about him playing football he's not even good at playing football nope and in the NCAA uh, Wisconsin just released Alex Hornibrook Gabe so uh, yeah he's done his career in Wisconsin we'll get to all the other stories we got betting lines DFS and a whole lot more stay tuned everybody uh, Wisconsin, they had the number one recruit, so Hornetbrook's done from the Wisconsin Badgers. Bye bye. Oh, so he's right there. Yeah, well, yeah, they haven't picked the school yet. Like he's done there. They're uh, yeah, he's leaving. They haven't uh, said what school's happening, but rough year too. Uh, I would think eleven. T- what is it? Thirteen interceptions he threw last year. Not his best be- year for the Badgers. I don't want to be mean to the kid, but. It's not it's like Alabama's here going to be lining up. For him. Like, he's terrible. Excellent point. Yeah, he, he's, he had a bad year. 
you know, like, you know what though, Cammy? He'll probably be, he'll be good, he'll be good in the Mac. Like oh, a definitely. downgrade, like from Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. yeah, like put him in the Mac. Like seriously, if I was a Mac team, you like Miami over Ohio, Ohio, Ohio Bobcats. Oh, nice, good call with Frank Solich. Yeah, yeah. Got put him answers. on a Mac team, and yeah, 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 he'll be good. Like he could win a Mac title type thing. <laughs> Solich and Hornibrook. Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, more Red Heat and Rage. It's coming up next. We'll talk about robot ups, whatever you guys want to talk about, and a hell of a lot more. I'm Cam Stewart with Gabe Moretzi. Stay around. Stick around, everybody. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Level two. As I look up and I see Michael Cohen still on the stand. <laughs> They're sweating him out hard. Oh, he looks worn out, man. He looks beaten down right now. I know. I'm turning it to CNN right now. <laughs> look at his face, uh, bro. Oh, yeah. It's always the same guys, too, that are showing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that looks like a man that hasn't slept in a while. Uh, right. yeah, I, know that, I, know, like... I know that look. That's the look of I am beaten. I am just ready to concede. Yeah, he's just <laughs> he's trying, though. He's really tr- like He looks like he's grinding through it, but he looks really I uh, saw, famished. I saw, I saw <laughs> earlier. Look at the greaseball lawyers behind him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Look at him. Yeah, come on, yeah, Cohen. <laughs> That's everything you say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so bad. It's yeah. almost like the Groundhog Day. It's the Every time they go right. to the, the committee, it's the same stupid day. How you doing? Okay, what about this? It's like, okay, bud. I'm going to come over to your There's house and see what kind of, of things Americans. A couple of things Americans love, Cam. Football, guns, press conferences, and hearings. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like I, I like, like football. Really, like, I love football. They love, they, they love these things. Like it's basically, wow, well, we're gonna have we have to have a hearing. Like you said, everyone grandstands, and why are you saying that you yeah, like you? Like everyone just grandstands and throws stuff out, and like same thing. You'll notice with like whenever there's like a major like tragedy or shooting or anything happens, like ooh, the press conference is coming up. Let's go to the press yeah. conference, like. It's like you're not going to learn anything from the press conference. <laughs> like it's just no. He's oh, let's go to the press conference. But this, uh, the lawyer, one of the guys behind him. So uh, you, do you see the two lawyers sitting by Cohen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like they, they're yeah, like stoic looks. There, older guy and uh, pensive okay, so guy on the, the guy, left. Yeah, yeah. The guy, Which, yeah, the guy to Cohen's right. You know yeah. Seth Davis? Yeah, college basketball analyst. That's his father. Yeah. Wow. Actually, you know what? I can kind of see it in him a little bit. In his face, just a little bit. Like, he's old, obviously. Oh, yeah, no. Except no, you he was a good looking guy. Yes, I, I can. A little bit of Seth Which Davis color tie? Which guy are you looking at? Which the, color tie? The guy tie? in the blue. The guy in the blue tie. That's Seth Davis's father, not the other guy. That's who looks not Prince his Charles. father. Oh, it's the other guy? Okay. Yeah, the other guy, you're right. That's why I said that, because the guy in the blue. The other guy looks more like, like him. Davis. Yeah, that's what I'm no. saying. The, the other guy looks yeah, like Prince Charles. You. I said the guy to Michael Cohen's right. I don't know where your TV's situated at. Your TV. I didn't say me. I said to Mike because I thought of it. I was like, yeah, he's to my left, but he's to Michael Cohen's right. I said, look oh, at yeah. over Cohen's right shoulder. That's Seth Davis's father. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Johnny Manziel because uh, I told him he should play in the CFL. Like, yeah, he listened to me, <laughs> but I did tell him. Yeah, you also you also said uh, you, you're at the hotel that weekend in Costa Rica. You say you were living living a clean life. You're telling him like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, you said he was like, uh, you know, toning it down and stuff like that. But who knew uh, what 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 happens? Nah, nah, closed doors, right? Yeah, no, he no, you just did, they just did, just not no reporters there. That's the thing. He toned it down and. and Sort of earlier in the night, but he went pretty hard late. <laughs> Even me, I got fooled. I got fooled, and they said, "No, oh, no, he trashed his hotel room, and he was a, he was a big load to deal with." So he was nice to me. You know, I told you he was in the room next door to me, basically, two doors down. And um, I rolled in. I was really wasted too. Like I sort of bumped into like the the wall. Like you know, I was stumbling through a hotel hallway. Yes. And Manzel's like, "Hey, dude, you all right?" <laughs> I was like, hey, what up, Johnny? I'm all right. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> like, I'm fumbling, trying to get my key in the door and stuff, you know, to get in the key card thing, figure it out and stuff. Manziel's cracking up. And even in my wasted state, I thought, man, I got problems, man. When I'm more wasted than Manziel, like, I'm like, man, I got to get it together. <laughs> but anyways, let's bring in uh, Lou right now. Gamble. Lou. He's uh, got it together. joins us. Lou, what's up, Lou? Lou. Not too much, gentlemen. Happy Wednesday. Uh, got a nice slate of fights for USC 235 upcoming, and we're getting closer to hockey playoffs. It's a good time of the year. Lou, you yeah, got we got a really, from... really. Remember last week, Lou was talking to us about, like, nice, and we were talking about those things, those windstorms, whatever you call Gabe. Basically, Gabe, I was driving here. We got 15 inches of snow. I almost died on the highway today. My windshield wiper, like, came off just before I got on, so I had to, like, whatever. We're like, oh, it was crazy, man. I didn't tell you, like, what happened today. It was, like, very, very scary driving. Lou, I think we got to head out west. That's the next plan. Started looking for some real estate uh, in the in, in the surrounding states, Arizona, yeah, maybe Reno. Like, uh, yeah, it's time to go. I'm done with winter. Told you, Reno is pricier than uh, than uh, than we thought it was. Yeah, it's it, anywhere as you start to move to the southwest. I mean, I, I hate to say this, and I do say it with all due respect, but growth and and income and future uh, is a, is in, in America to me is like a tube of toothpaste, and it's going from the northeast down to the southwest. I, I mean that. And if you're you want to make a new start. Come where it's arid. I mean, anywhere, Colorado, Utah, Idaho. Uh, I take California out of there, Arizona, uh, New Mexico. You could buy land in New Mexico for nothing. 
and all you got Perfect. is yeah, clean that, air and nice people. You're right, Gabe. That's Albuquerque. The that's the destination. Good call. Balloon Become festival there. Nice life. Yeah, I like the locals. Good. We'll hang out with the pit. pit. Sounds good. Yeah. Great Mexican food. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. Nice, uh, good-looking women. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. Well, have you ever watched Breaking Bad, Cam? That's where they filmed it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. That's good. The, the land's cheap. Uh, if the land's cheap, I'm in anywhere. We can make it happen. Yeah, you get a place. You get a place with a pool and like uh, live like back, a king. Right? Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, Lou, Lou uh, with. So, Lou, as I was going to say before Cam, uh, I, I get it. I just retweeted. I see yeah, just, the Toronto Blue Jays real. just tweeted out a story of uh, it was like split screen. So, the weather in Toronto outside the, the their stadium and the weather in Dundee in Florida. Yeah, it looks yep. like it's uh, kind of a nasty day in Toronto right now, Cam. Yeah, it's a bad one, Gabe. Real bad, yeah. It's uh, it, yeah. They had a pile up on the highway, like thousands of cars. Like it's it's crazy, man. Like uh, today was like the day Lou really got me thinking. But we'll continue. We'll talk uh, talk the fights. Happier, happier stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Oh, just for the record, uh, speaking of fights, so uh, try to get him on the show. Actually, uh, Royce White, uh, NBA player, yeah. Royce White. Yeah, he's going yeah, into he MMA, right? Yeah, he's going to get into mixed martial arts. Big dude. He's six foot eight, and uh, he's a large dude, and he's kind of unhinged as well. So, if you remember, he was a pretty crazy player. So, he actually might be good at this. Uh, but let's uh, jump in and talk about a guy that we know is really good at this. Let's start off with the main event, UFC 235. <coughs> Excuse me. I think I accidentally tweeted UFC 234 uh, earlier. It's hard to keep up. Um uh, but, you know, Lou, I'm looking at the main event here with John Jones and Anthony Smith, and you, you normally don't see the disparity in numbers like like I'm seeing here right now. You know, like most places have John Jones in the minus 800 range or so, but a few other spots have him as high as minus 1,400. Yeah, and, and that's because they're afraid of him. They don't really want the money. And, and if you look at the guys that have the minus 1,400, What's their comeback? 650, 700. I mean, it's not like you're yeah. getting 1100 on the other side. They're just ripping your lips off. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Well said, Lou. You know what? It's not bad. Great call, Lou, because look at this. And, you know, I'm not trying to throw any specific books under the bus. Yeah, and but, I actually yeah. have play, I play a bookmaker, but bookmaker has minus 1450 plus 700. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yet, Bet Online has minus nine hundred plus six hundred. Yeah, and that's obvi- obviously a better better payback right there. So, let's jump in here, Lou. Are you giving? You're an underdog guy. Are you giving this underdog any chance to, in hell of winning? Anthony Smith versus John Jones. Only the only the puncher's chance because if you really if you really look at these guys, uh, I think based on the Stout competition John Jones has faced. He doesn't have any many one punch knockouts. He does a lot of work through attrition. Uh, John, uh, Smith has had some one punch uh, luck back in the day, but that's all he's got. He has he has no ability to wrestle. And John Jones, what makes any MMA world-class fighter really good is usually a stout wrestling background and john jones wrestling is world-class top of the line and that's what makes him so dangerous 
So uh, you got to try and find some other way to find value in this fight because there, there is none with Anthony Smith, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a very good yeah. point. If we look into to method, uh, method of victory, John Jones by KO, TKO is minus 500. You know what I mean, so it's not like um, you know you're getting any value there either. So then we get into the totals essentially, and you know you're, it's a good point for you, raise, Lou. It's one thing though when John Jones is fighting a dangerous opponent, where you know he he'll pick his spots, and he is. That's what makes him so dangerous too. It's not like he's just so explosive. And reckless. He is very smart. Like, his fight IQ, the distance that he keeps, the angles. He's a very good defensive fighter. People talk about his offense, but he's so great defensively as well. But this is one of these deals where it's sort of like a football game where he can name the score here. You know what I mean? He can name the score. So the question is, is it a weakness? Can he get caught because he figures, you know what, I'm a minus 1,400 favorite. He's going to know this. And... You know, he's all, John Jones is in a weird spot here. It's one of those, he can't win. You know, he wins, people go, yeah, whatever. He loses, it's the end of the world, and it's one of the biggest upsets in MMA history. Um, so he puts himself in a weird spot, but does he just want to come out and murder this guy is the question, Lou, and kill him in the first round? Because he could if he wanted to. I'm inclined to sort of think that it ends late in the first round, early in the second round. I don't think Smith can handle uh, – I don't think Smith can hang with him. And I don't think John Jones wants to waste his time standing in there either because it hurts his stock the longer the fight goes. He's not Floyd Mayweather where he waits for the sixth round to turn it on. He has been a little bit more patient, but he's fought in more dangerous fighters. I think personally, Lou, I, in my opinion, I think Jones is going to stop this guy relatively fast. Yeah, I I believe that he will stop him as well, Gabriel. Uh, I think that uh, Jones can do it any which way he wants. I mean, is he gonna is he gonna slow him, soften him down with leg kicks to soften the forward coming power puncher with leg kicks before he strikes him to out, or is he gonna take him right down and wrestle him, which could take longer? But either way, it's his to decide. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll continue breaking down this fight, man. We've got Usman, we've got Woodley, Ben Askren makes his debut against uh, Robbie Lawler. We've got a freaking stock card. Let's roll. Game time decisions continue. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Right, game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports our Radio Network. We appreciate your patience. Thanks, Yang. Yeah. Thank you. It's a good show. It's a good show, that card show. I just don't want to hear it right now during our show. <laughs> like, 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 like the show. Uh, I don't want to hear it right now. But um, game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage our Radio. I couldn't tell if it was that show or it was just like my echo that I usually have there. I'm like, it's still there. But no, no, that's just me. All right. Uh, so, Anthony Smith, John Jones. 
Yeah, you know, what, what are you going to say? Listen, one thing with, with Anthony Smith, it's been a nice little run for him. But, you know, I don't normally like echoing Colby Covington's uh, statements. But as Cam says, he raises good points. Like, you know, if you look at you look at Anthony Smith and who, who he's fought in and the run that he's on right now. I mean, Cam, we're talking about a fighter. Like, John Jones has never lost a fight, all right? Exactly. John Jones People is 20, 20, 23 and 1. And the one loss wasn't a loss. It was a disqualification. It was you know, bogus, whatever. This Anthony Smith dude's 31 and 13. Um, but um, listen, I guess, you know, I'd, Lou, I would say the most impressive win would be against Hector Lombard, right? Back in 2017. I mean, he beat Lombard. He lost to Thiago Santos. Rashad Evans, you know, has been done for, for years. Shogun Hua, done for years. Ozdemir will give him credit for that win. Uh, but, you know, he, he sort of made his, his reputation on beating older fighters uh, right now. You know, game, nice nice run by the guy. Good for him that he's making the money. But as I stated, what before we move on from this fight, Lou, over-under is one and a half. What do you say? Over-under one and a half. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I just I don't want any part of it. I, it all depends on Jones and what he wants to do. If he wrestles, it, it could take him a round and a half to eventually ground and pound Smith enough to take him out. Uh, and if Smith has any kind of showing at all, it goes over. I tend to lean to, to the over game with a gun to my head, but I'm not betting it. Yeah, guys getting a lot of hate too, like from other people, like lots of uh, guys really into MMA. Guys, sorry, we'll talk. We'll try to talk over this, guys. But you got to get this fixed here, guys. Like we can, we can hear the show that's going on in the studio right now. Hopefully, the like, listeners can. We we hear them, guys. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter whether it's going out on the air or not. We hear it like loud and clear, and it's hard for us to talk. If we have these guys talking like a show's going on, you know what I'm saying? Like we really got to yeah. got to get this done. Like we just took a we break did. to get this done. We came back and, and there it is again. It's still there. They're talking about Ryan Hoskins and shit. Yeah, I like Hoskins a lot. Or is it Rin Hoskins? My bad. Riz, yeah. Rise, yeah. You whatever. Riz, call him. Right, call him Rizzy Rise. <laughs> it's funny though, guys. Yeah, like so I'm trying to talk. This is yeah. a big UFC yeah. card it's, here. Like, it's a big one. I got a card show going on in my ears here. You know what I mean? Like, holy. Uh, well, what I would I guess, say is. I guess we'll just yell over it, guys. Sorry. My apologies. Yeah. Hopefully, ahead, the listeners, hopefully the listeners can't hear it. What What I would say is. Uh, yeah, his decent win would be Hector Lombard, but as soon as he gets to Thiago Santos, and oh, by the way, Santos has looked great lately, Santos kicked him in the body and put him out. So, you know, if John Jones watched the Santos fight, now he has the kicks, and who has worse, more lethal leg kicks, body kicks, and head kicks than John Jones, for crying out loud, he knocked DC out with one. So... Uh, he's a worthy, you know, 750 favorite. All right, Lou from Gamble.com uh, with us. Um, all right, so uh, Woodley and Usman. Here's here's one of the big oh. fights where the numbers, the odds aren't totally crazy here. A lot of with, chirping uh, going on, too, Gabe. These guys don't like oh, each yeah, other. Yeah. yeah, a lot of hate going uh, on. I like that. 
with Woodley being like a minus 175 favorite in this fight, Lou? Yes, and uh, this is a very interesting, this is a really interesting fight, guys. Um, it's interesting to me because I, I think that Woodley, for whatever reason, uh, tends to get underappreciated and a little bit overlooked. Now, Usman has all of the advantages insofar as he's the five-year man, the, the man five years younger. He's going to be the taller man, and he's going to have reach. Um, but when you look into their game, if you look at how each fights, I don't know where Usman is better than Woodley in any mixed martial arts specialty. I don't see how Usman's level of competition even approaches what Woodley has seen and beaten. And I love how the line on this is kind of compressing and moving towards Usman because I like Tyron Woodley here. I think he's at 165. He's getting to be a value guy. Yeah, yeah this is one, a 160, 165. You, you guys know better than me, man, but Wood, Woodley's a kill, a kill, killing machine. Like, uh, seems like a good price, Gabe. Um, and the thing with Woodley is, too, yeah, he's been real good to me. And people don't like Woodley, so he's not very popular. Yeah. And so, therefore, they sort of bet against him, and they sort of underestimate him. It's sort of, he's got, like, that Floyd Mayweather thing going on about him where, like, every fight people sort of overestimate his opponent, how they have a chance to beat him. Or, oh, but now he's facing a striker. Oh, now, no, now he's facing someone that can wrestle, too. And like you said, Lou, one thing about Woodley, he's not flashy, but he's really smart, right? He's smart. He knows he's got, and like you said, he's a very well-rounded fighter. I mean, he's a great wrestler. He's got great power. He's got great speed. He's got good fight IQ. He's not reckless. He fights to win. He doesn't fight for the guy in the upper deck in the stands. Uh, to put on a show, he's you know he's there to just sort of win the fight and and move on. I think it's a good matchup for him against Usman here too. And and as you stated, people are going to be betting on Usman throughout the week because they don't like Woodley and Usman's physically impressive and he's fourteen and one. Yeah, you know. Uh, also, it, it's interesting. Woodley and Askren and another guy on this card, wrestling based guy. They've been training together. They're friends. They went to Missouri together. And they're best buddies, and they they both, especially Askren, has had past dealings with Usman, who was a college wrestler in my home state of Nebraska at the University of Kearney. So these guys go back. And I just tweeted out uh, a, a, a segment that uh, that the uh, guys at MMA Junkie did, and, and basically at the 10-minute mark of this film, Usman approaches Askren, and Askren is sitting there talking in the hallway with Dana White. Usman comes up to him and tries to hover over him and, and flare up, and Askren's response tells you all you need to know. I don't think Woodley and Askren are intimidated or afraid of Kamar Usman or his game in any capacity. No, I don't think Woodley's intimidated by anybody, and as you stated, you know, Woodley's gone through, he's gone through the murderer's row here from Gasolum to Lawler to Stephen Thompson twice, Damian Maya, Darren Till. So he's fought in, you know, he's fought in the, the, the karate-style fighter, explosive stand-up fighter, the jiu-jitsu specialist, the knockout specialist uh, in Darren Till. You go down the list, I mean, 
you know, he's shown that, uh, Lou, he's shown that he can fight against uh, different styles of fighters time and time again. And I like the fact that he feels disrespected. Uh, I like how he matches up with Usman. I will give this to Usman. As I studied any kind of way that I would like him, because I've won some money on him, I, I will say that if Usman is able to somehow press Woodley for three and a half rounds, try and get him against the fence, use his size, he could try and wear Woodley out and maybe do something with him late. But let's say Woodley's been three, he's been the full five round. Uh, championship five uh, rounds three different times, guys. So, you know, so uh, I think Guzman is going to get his Ph.D. in MMA in this fight. Yeah, Gabe I got to ask you. Red Heat and Rage Radio. I was going to ask you guys, too. And you talked about Askren, Gabe, making his debut. He's minus 300 against Robbie Lawler. Like, if he doesn't win that fight, like, he's got a lot of pressure because he's come in here as kind of like, point. you know, golden. Right, Lou? So he's I got to ran his mouth. Okay. He, that's the thing. It's almost like talked a lot. He has. And now you have that opportunity. Robbie Lawler's been there, done that before. Now a plus 250 dog. Lou, Askren better make a statement or else it's not going to be good for him because he's got to back it up. He's going to win an ugly three-round decision because he's just simply uh, as singularly gifted as they can. The thing is, he's singularly gifted in wrestling. Uh, Lawler has had great takedown defense in his career, and he's able to get up. The issue becomes, first of all, he's coming off a knee injury where he had to overcome meniscus as well as ligament damage a year ago. And the way he fights and the fact that he was a pro starting in 2001, there's really decent wear and tear on that 36-year-old body. And I think that Askren's just going to be too much for him over the long haul. Lawler is on the downside of his career. Uh, I mean, could he do it? He, he could. Um, he's going to have to keep it standing if he's going to do it. And to be quite honest, I'm tracking Askren opening minus 185, and now he's like minus 300. So there's no way I could take Ben Askren in his inaugural UFC fight, but I look for him to be pretty dominant. Just too many wars for Robbie Lawler. The guy's a true yeah. warrior, legend. He is. Um, you know, the guy started fighting. His first professional fight was in 2001, so we're talking about 18 years of chaos and mayhem. But, you know... Those fights, uh, the, the fight against Rory McDonald was one of the most insane bloodbaths in the history of the sport. Uh, Carlos Condit, another 25-minute fight, 25 minutes with Johnny Hendricks, 25 uh, minutes with, with, with Matt Brown. Like, you go down the list, and, man, he's taken a lot of shots over the years, and his takedown defense isn't great, Lou, right? It's a good point by Cam. You know, and Ben Askren's another guy, Cam, that's very unlikable. Um, yeah. Very, very unlikable, but they sort of did keep him out of the UFC for years because I think they were scared he would just take everyone down because that's his deal, dude. He just takes you down, and that's that. Like, balls you. Flashier is <laughs> exciting about it, but he's pretty much impossible to stop, right, from taking you down. Kind of like Khabib? He's, he, I, I, would, I, would, I would take him against Khabib, number one. Number two, you would. he's highly— You think he would I beat would. Khabib? I, I would take wow. him against Khabib. Yes, I would, That's because bold, I'd, also be get, I'd be getting a price. And, and, and I'll, tell you, uh, I'll tell you one main reason why I would. Well, he's a bigger dude, I, right? He is a bigger he, dude than Khabib. 
he's also one of the smartest guys I've heard outside of the octagon, meaning a fighter when they're outside the octagon. I encourage everybody to look at that clip I posted. I'm telling you what, and later in that same clip at the 14-minute mark, he, they're, they're showing him at the press conference for this fight a week or so ago. The kid is articulate, smart, composed, and undaunted. And I like everything about him. I think he, the UFC kept him out because they knew he was going to smother everybody he fought. Yeah. Are you talking about me or Ben Askren? Articulate, well thought, <laughs> thanks, sir. The, bo- the both of you. There's only there's two goats. <laughs> what? Well played, Brancy. I was going to say, yeah, I'm articulate and well thought, but I'd still get my ass kicked in any octagon. But um, you know, Ben Askren does have, like, you know, world, world, like great, great, great wrestling. Missouri Tiger um, as Tyron Woodley and uh, and uh, my boy Chandler, uh, Michael Chandler as well. Uh, yeah, so, but, you know, this, though, Ben Askren, would you say this is the toughest opponent? Ben, I would say so, right? Ben Askren's never really fought in the top, top guys. I mean, Douglas Lima, Jay Huron, Nick Thompson. Of course it can. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. Uh, When he fought fought that Russian, uh, when he fought that Russian, that Russian was confident and and big and strong, and I think he ruined that Russian, to want to be honest with you. Now, but that's a very fair question, and the people that like Robbie, first of all, all the values with Robbie, so it's bet Robbie or pass. But the people that are going to bet, that are going to take Robbie, are going to say that he hasn't fought anyone like that, especially with Lawler's sprawling skills. And, and that's reasonable. If the cat and mouse in the fight is going to be if Robbie can keep moving and keep swinging and whether Ben can get a grasp of him or not. And I think as, as terrible as Askren's striking game and his strike defense is, uh, he's going to eat a kick or a couple punches, get him in his grasp, and then it's going to turn Picasso. And when I say that, I love when I got the wrestler and he takes the thing to the mat and the fight gets boring, let those fans boo all they want while I'm trying to count my money. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lou. That's right. Boo all you. That's uh, right. Bottom line, get your bills paid, right, Lou? Uh, I uh, mean, Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> Cody Garbrandt, yes, another another, uh, f- another former champion. Yep. Uh, pardon, uh, pardon the uh, the cheap jokes. I'll go to the, the next fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Cody Garbrandt <laughs> taking on Petro Munoz. Uh, Cody Garbrandt's like a minus one sixty five favorite. Yeah, so I've been doing jumping jacks over all these favorites, and now finally I'm going to give you guys an underdog because uh, I, I think that you have to consider Garbrandt, who went into the Dillashaw fight. Everybody thought he was this just impressively fast, quick fighter, and Dillashaw exposed that, as well exposed him by completely devastating him two straight fights. So now you got a guy in Garbrandt that everybody's willing to say how much faster he is than Munoz, and he may be. But Munoz has also been in there with John Dodson. So if you take away a quickness angle, I like Munoz's increased uh, ability in his stand-up. He's surely got the ground game, and all Garbrandt wants to do is stand in the pocket and either counter or fire. Uh, I think these are two ships going in different directions, guys. 
and I'm taking Munoz plus the 150 plus the 155. Uh, I think uh, the I think the Brazilian's going to use some leg kicks and soften Cody up and then touch him on the chin. Interesting. Lose uh, well, lose walk walking the dog there, and we got a big dog here, Jeremy Jeremy Stevens. And you know, it, you know, interesting to Garbrandt, as you stated, it'll be we'll see where he is. So you think Munoz is this good? He's that good that he's going to be able to beat Garbrandt here? Huh? I think. I mean, first of all, he's ranked number eight against the number two guy, and the number two guy's coming out. You know, he's he's arguably in a fragile mental state now. Of course, we're going to see how he responds from this. But I think Munoz, with a fight here, moves into top five. This is his whole career right here, this fight. And I think Cody Garbrandt is susceptible. All right. Yeah, I'm having uh, this one. I'm going to sleep on that one, Lou. I'm looking yeah, at it. Yeah, please. We'll see if Garbrandt can bounce back. Wait, how about this one? And I don't know like if it's good or bad. Jeremy Stevens was talking about how he was contemplating suicide after his last loss. So uh, you get the the vet in Stevens who's seen it all against, and I know you remember this guy, Cam, the heavily hyped Zabit. Remember this yes, Zabit guy? I do. <laughs> uh, who's very, very raw, though, Zabit. Uh, yeah, unorthodox and raw. Stevens, the much sort of thicker man here, Lou, uh, in this fight. What do you make of this one with Zabit being such a big favorite here? Yeah, and, and Stevens being a guy never been submitted, so you know, is 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 Zabit going to be able uh, to to maneuver that with him? And I'll tell you something, Gabe. I was, I had Stevens circled, polka dotted, underlined, highlighted, until I saw that article about the suicide, and I'm running for the hills now. That is not yeah. what a fighter <laughs> wants to admit. It scares the hell out of me. That you know, I, I thought it was a good set. Well, a confidence cam to bet on a guy when he's like, "Oh yeah, I want to kill myself after the last fight I lost." <laughs> after the last, just the last fight, because now he, I mean, he was so close to the title, and now he has to go down a few rungs and fight all these young lions coming up. I have a bad mind frame to go into against a guy that's going to have four inches of height on you, four years of age. He's going to have two inches of reach on the arms and four inches on the legs, and he's a wild, crazy, spinning, elbowing, grappling, well-gifted athlete. Uh, I'm scared to death of that since I heard the Stevens' uh, admission to that. It is a step up in class for Zabit. Oh, clearly, and, and not only that, look at his last fight against Kyle Boschniak. First of all, Jeremy Stevens yeah. would eat Kyle Boschniak for lunch, and Magomed Shapirov looked absolutely pedestrian against the best effort that Boschniak could give, and he, he keeps his hands so, down, Lou. He's, he doesn't have any defense. To like, he's sort of there's he's unorthodox. To like Stevens. And Stevens yeah, no, coming like, off of that. That lost to Aldo, you'd think that, you know, mentally a fighter would really be on the bounce after a loss to yeah. Aldo like that. But, doggone, that that admission in the press to that just scares me, Gabe. Yeah, but the thing is, and also I was going to say, like, like I said, Zabit, uh, he doesn't have very good defense because he's, he's used to just messing people up. And he's unorthodox. He's kind of skinny. And, you know, he's a weird, lanky sort of fighter that's very – he's a strange fighter, but – you know, it'll be interesting. Steven's going to go right at him. Man. He's a pit bull. That, you know, that, that's what he does. Um, I think we could have a live dog there. I mean, I think Zabit's getting, you know, I think that he's being priced here 
because uh, of of the of the name and just sort of the hype. But and you know, Stevens, listen, you don't like hearing that. I hope he's all right. But at the same point in time, Stevens just an intense guy. I think a lot of fighters probably contemplate suicide yeah. after losing, and you know they don't do it. They it's just like, say it. It's like, and, yeah, it's like tough guys in hot real estate. You guys know it's, a, it's, a, it's tough. It's tough. You're getting beat up. Man. A lot of real it's estate tough. guys too, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of real estate guys kind of played suicide after they blow a good deal or two, and it happens to everybody. I mean, it's all about perseverance, and, and you're right. But boy, that's just such a. I mean, for for a fighter, these macho guys. You know what I'm saying? For for them to have to admit that I'm going to a life coach and he's helping me with this, that, and the other thing. As a professional gambler on fights, uh, I got to tell you, it scares me. Yeah, that's why, too, though, on a more serious note, though, when the people talk about depression and mental health issues and stuff, and you're right, Lou, I mean, it, it gets in your head, right? I mean, you know, if you're a, if you're like, I was reading a story about a goalie in the NHL, and he's, he's got depression and stuff, but and he had issues, but he said, I wasn't going to tell the coach, and he said, I wouldn't trust a goalie who's got depression. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's sort of like it's, it, it's that weird stigma. But I think you can motivate him. I just don't think Sabine should be this big of a favorite. All right, hang in there, Lou. Just squeeze out like two, three minutes of Lou on the other side here. Game right. five decision, Red Heat Rage Radio. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports, our radio network. We've got a couple of minutes left uh, here with Lou at uh, gamblu.com. We apologize for any uh, technical difficulties uh, that uh, were experienced uh, on the program today. All right, Lou, so before we get you out of here, uh, we talked about the early uh, fights, favorites. John Jones, obviously, against Anthony Smith. We're both in agreement. Uh, Tyron Woodley gets it done against Usman. Uh, I love Robbie Lawler, but it's a tough spot for him here. Ben Askren's wrestling is going to be too much. He's going to take Robbie Lawler down, and uh, and he's going to win that fight. Lou likes uh, Pedro Munoz in a small upset against Cody Garbrandt. I think we have a live dog with Jeremy Stevens. Listen, I've thrown minus, uh, I've thrown plus two hundred bets away at worse uh, things than Jeremy Stevens in this spot. So you know, Stevens worth a look uh, here. In my opinion, plus 200. Now we got Misha Serkinov and Johnny Walker. And uh, Johnny Walker's a favorite here, minus 150. And uh, that's right, Cam. Misha Serkinov's the guy that uh, we did the uh, we yeah, did the promo you, with. Yeah, use your face as a cheese grater. And he was pretty hard on you. What a fight. Yeah, Misha, yeah, what a fight. I put up a yeah, big fight. <laughs> I was in a cage with Misha Serkinov, Lou. Yeah, he's, he's got evil intentions, too. <laughs> I know him, but... You know, he had fun sort of roughing me up a bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so He did. Well, he, he sh- he's going to sure wish did. he was in the cage with you on Saturday night, I can assure you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, so you think Johnny Walker uh, drowns him, part of the pun. 
Boy, the, the guy is real. He's dangerous. He's explosive. He's Sirkinov's size. And he's riding huge momentum. And Sirkinov was preparing for OSP and now gets a guy more dangerous. Shit, this is a bad spot for old Misha. Yeah, yeah. And Misha, I like Misha, but he's more... He's a wrestler, he's sort of, you know, he's, he's, he's de- determined and straightforward, but he isn't quick and flashy. And this other nah, guy like is he, explosive. He got lucky with a knockout, kind of. And then people thought, oh, Misha can knock people out and stuff. But it's not our days you stayed. It's not his thing, really. All right, lose, lose a lot of confidence in Johnny Walker. All sure right, does. so, uh, wow, Diego Sanchez and Mickey Gall. That's actually a fun <laughs> matchup. Speaking of crazy old dudes. Remember, Lou, we were on Diego Sanchez, you and I, years ago. Who was against Martin Held? Remember we were that fight? I was like, I'm telling you, I know Held well coming over from Bellator. And, Man, even that pick, was a long that's time a perfect, ago. Yeah, it was, Gabe, but we don't, he, he, Sanchez beat Held, a submission guy. And, and Sanchez has been in with Jim Miller, a submission guy. They gave Sanchez the only fight he could win, and he might. Wow, Lou saying, looking at the dog with Diego. Bold, so lose. You go over to Gamblu.com, uh, Gamblu.com, uh, uh, and follow Lou on Twitter, at Gamblu, to get more in-depth uh, UFC. Thanks for the time, Lou. Thanks, guys. Good luck, everyone.